Well, good morning, everybody. Y'all doing okay? Well, good. I'm not doing so hot, but that's... <laughs> no, I, I, I agreed to do this, and I, I, it's not unusual that after I agree to do something that uh, there will be difficulties. But I'm not... Right, you know what I mean. Uh, so... I'm going to lay my cough drops out here. I'm going to go ahead and open my bottled water because I always have trouble with it. Because, you know, yep. They make the, bo they make the bottle so skinny now that you, the plastic's so thin that if you do this, then you get water on you. Oh, success. Okay, all right, so let's pray. Lord, we are here to worship you. We are here to hear from you, and we're here to do what you send us out to do. So, Lord, abide with us. Encourage us, strengthen us, heal us, do the things that, that we need to be able to do what you need. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Jamie, I got a question. The, the psalm that you read, is that, is that from today's lectionary? Okay, I didn't think so because I looked at today's lectionary and it was the 23rd Psalm. Yeah, so I was thinking about what, what do I need to, you know, talk about? And, uh, and Jen said, well, have you gone to the lectionary? This isn't the first, this isn't the first time she's made that suggestion. And it's not the first time that I've gone to the lectionary, but I was looking at it and looking for some inspiration, and, and there was the 23rd Psalm. And then I remembered something. I just didn't remember where. I knew it was in the Old Testament. I knew it was in, I think I was pretty sure it was in Ezekiel. I mean, I know for sure now, you know, but, um, and, and where there's this, thing in the Old Testament, uh, you know, a kind of a prophecy against the shepherds, and then here's this thing in Psalms, which is talking about the Lord being my shepherd, and one of the things that I think we don't think about a lot, because, you know, we speak English, and but in a lot of languages, well, the word for shepherd in a lot of language is pastor or pastor or some, you know, and that means that same thing as a shepherd. So um, there, there's a connection there, and I wanted to sort of pursue that. But let me read the judgment first, okay? Let me read the prophecy first. And this is from Ezekiel. 34, uh, 1 through 10. 
So, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? Well, I mean, I'm going to continue, but. Um, in doing my extensive research, <laughs> most of the shepherds back then were, were kids. Um, and they were, I mean, usually, and it was like the usually was the youngest, uh, you know, I don't know if it had to be male or female, but it was very often children. But any, in any case, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so shouldn't, should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourself with the wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth, and no one searched or looked for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd <clears throat> and so has been plundered, and has become food for all the wild animals. And because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but cared for themselves rather than for my flock, therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. <coughs> this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. That's pretty harsh, but when you consider what recourse the sheep have, may not, you know, in a sense, maybe it's merciful. So, Okay, and one of the problems with doing anything where we're relating to Scripture, Old or New Testament, is some of us, this is new to us, and some of us, we've heard this all our lives. And we don't have a big shepherding business in America. There are sheep in America, but it's not a huge thing. 
But back then, it was huge. And, you know, in Israel, I mean, many parts of the world, it's still a huge thing. And in many parts of the world, it's done by children. But the thing is, we, we don't really get that. We don't really, or at least we don't come by it as part of our growing up or anything like that. So we tend to sort of <clears throat> uh, stereotype or categorize or something. I mean, I don't think we got a whole lot of choice. I mean, but, um, and you know, it kind of reminds me of when I was teaching a Bible class at school and I mean, this happened on more than one occasion, but, but I was teaching this Bible class and there was this thing about, we were talking about Jesus and I wish I could remember exactly how this came about, but somebody said, I don't think Jesus would have done that. They're not disputing the, the word. They weren't disputing what the word was saying, but our interpretation of it. And uh, I remember saying, why, you know, why do, why, why would, why do you dispute it? Um, and... Uh, God, it couldn't have been Bible class because it was a girl. Okay, anyway. Um, she said, because that's just, you know, that's just not like him. It's not nice. And I remember thinking, it's not nice. Was, I mean, there are a lot of things Jesus did that weren't nice. You know, I just got through reading the book of Revelation. He's going to do a lot of night nice things, you know, before we're all done. But I think that's because, and I, you know, when we talked about it, we had the whole, the rest of the discussion was about, was Jesus nice or not? We had to define nice and go through all that stuff. But basically, we've got an idea that, of, of how God is and of how Jesus is. And I'm afraid that a lot of it, I can't really blame it on flannel boards because they don't use those anymore. But I, that was my experience, you know. And there's, here's, you know, do y'all know what I mean by flannel board, Sunday school stuff? Okay. Yeah, and, and there was, you know, a flannel board, <clears throat> which for some reason was usually green. I don't know. Anyway, there was a flannel board up on an easel, and there were there, there was Jesus and the disciples and sheep. I mean, there were a lot of figures that were already, you know, pre-cut, <clears throat> and they put them on there. Um, so I think a lot of it is, and, and look, that's, I'm not against that. I think that's fine. I think that's a great way 
to teach people up to the age of, let's say, 10. But the problem is, is a lot of that stuff we kind of carry over and it sort of shapes or even stunts our, you know. Now, if you read the Bible yourself, you're, you're going to get it. I mean, the ones who have a hard time understanding this are the ones who just don't read the Bible or they read it only at church or they only read certain passages because the other passages are too hard to understand or they're, you know, they're bummers. <laughs> and I have to confess, I did the same thing, you know. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers here uh, specifically, but, but we don't always get a really, really accurate picture of what it is we're reading. So, and, and I think that's especially true with shepherds because here we've got these two passages. We have the judgment on the human shepherds in Ezekiel, and then we have a psalm, the 23rd Psalm. And, uh, okay, I'm going to read it to you because it's short. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Now, does anybody know what that means? Right, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to be where I need something that I should have or something. Uh, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Well, that's important because uh, sheep need to be well need to be well fed. Undernourished sheep get sick, and, you know. Um, and he leads me besides quiet waters. Now I learned all this stuff in the King James, uh, so it was still waters, but you know, quiet waters. Um, he restores my soul. So I did say, you know, he's my shepherd. He gets, he, <clears throat> excuse me, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, when this was being sung, recited in, uh, in Israel back in the day, they didn't have to explain what a rod and a staff was. You know, but you essentially have... Um, you know, a weapon and a, um, you've seen the, the, they call them a sheep's crook or a sheep, you know what I'm saying? That I got the, I don't think they all had a hook on the end of them, but the idea was is that the shepherd was there and had a, what would it be, the rod is going to be like the, um, what do we have now that's like that? We don't have anything that's that long, but it was, um, 
shillelagh. <laughs> um, a stick you hit people with. Yeah. Cudgel. Oh, I like that. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so there's that, and then there's the, uh, the staff. And the, the purpose of all those, the purpose of the rod was to defend the sheep. The purpose of the staff was to direct the sheep. Um, and, it, you know, the, the psalm says, they comfort me. It's kind of nice to know that the person who cares for you can defend you and can also guide you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, that's interesting. And Actually, we need to talk about all this more, so I'm just going to keep going. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, that, you know, provision, protection, <clears throat> uh, security. So, when we think about it, what God... I mean, that is, all right, you've read those psalms that sound like we're praising God for the impossible. Now, if it says the Lord is my shepherd, we know it's possible. So it's. You know, we're, this is not a case of the impossible, but how well do we know about that? I mean, how, how do we experience that? Usually, it's through authority. God established authority. Now, as most of us are growing up, it's through um, parents. And then, um, you know, if we get married, there's a, you know, there are husbands and wives and so forth. So, <clears throat> if we look at it in light of our own modern experience, um, and I could sort of, Well, just sort of paraphrase. And we could be talking about not just, okay, how the Lord expresses his sovereignty in this position. And he does it a lot through delegated authority. So, <clears throat> he is my shepherd. And I won't be lacking in anything I really need. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. My life is more comfortable because of him, not less so. 
Living with him makes my soul new. I mean, just listen to the worship this morning. I mean, that was renewing. He leads me into paths of virtue and character, so his name, which is my name, will be well regarded. Even when I have to go into dark, dangerous places, I'm not afraid because he is there. He has the crook staff to help me know where the path is, where the path, you know, and he has the rod which he uses to expose the predators and drive them away. He nourishes me even in the presence of the things that distress me most. And I mean, as I'm going through this, I think of uh, Jennifer and I watched an episode of The Chosen last night. And it was, it was one of those that, you know, I, I, I don't want to call it dark, but, but yeah, it was dark. I mean, there were elements of it that were dark. And it was, there was a lot, of, I mean, where before it was all miracles and everything's great and Jesus has got this really great uplifting message. This is one where there are people that don't like them. There are people that, that you know, crowds that turn against them. Um, you know, Peter's wife um, has a, you know, has a miscarriage. I mean, that's not in the Bible, but it's, you get the idea. I mean, this is something, and a lot of the disciples are really wondering what is going on. So it was, so he nourishes me even in the presence of the things that distress me most. So I'm sure they were pretty distressed at times. He anoints me with blessing and authority. He empowers me to be all that I was created to be. He is extravagant with blessing. I have more than I can even make use of. And the older I get, the more I realize that that, has, that is true and has most of my life been true, although I didn't realize it at the time. Because of these things, I'm sure that goodness and love will be with me for the rest of my life. So I'm staying with him. And again, remember, we are, yes, we are primarily talking about about. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we're also talking about those imperfect beings like myself or my father or husbands and mothers and wives and others who are 
they're going to disappoint us. I mean, they can't help it. They, some of them don't want to help it, and some of them very much hate that. And so with that, that's also part of that. Because the shepherding role is not something... I mean, when, when David wrote that, I'm pretty sure that's a psalm of David's. Does anybody know? Anyway. Whoever wrote it, when the psalmist wrote that, I mean, it, he is using this as a metaphor. So don't, you know, but at the same time, he's not really got the people of, this is not saying, well, we all know what it's like. We go out there and the Lord has his rod and his staff and he takes us to these still waters and we, we eat in the presence of our enemies because that's not what happened. I mean, it's again, it's a metaphor, but it's also a metaphor for the, the planned what should I say, um, God's plan of um, administration. And how do we know if something is God's plan? That could be important. What? What? Yeah, I mean, that's one thing where, you know, I, I guess I always sort of question uh, somebody who's, you know, wants things a certain way and they're saying, well, God has told me that that's the way it's going to be. Not that that couldn't happen. Anything is possible, but I'm much less likely to question somebody who is saying that is not at all what I want, but that's what God says. So I don't know. That there's that. Well, there's um there's there's the authority of the Bible itself. And that sometimes I can take some interpretation. And so but I would recommend that you try to find your basis for authority in that. And I know people disagree about some of these things. I know there was, I don't, I'm not going to get into it because it's, it's got all kinds of stuff wrapped up in it. But, but that's essentially what happened at the Saddleback Church. Do you all know about that controversy? No? Okay. Well, they were, they were, you know, established as members when they were first established in the uh, as, as Southern Bab as Southern Baptist Church, and uh, Southern Baptist doesn't um, doesn't believe in ordaining women, and they ordained the I mean the you know original pastor, um, 
you know, kind of retired from that. He'd been doing it for 40 years. And uh, so anyway, the, it, one, I guess the, the person, whatever his title is, his wife was, was um, already engaged in these things, but she didn't have a title, and they ordained her. That's my understanding. And that is what caused them to be, um, you know, booted from the Southern Baptist Church. Now, I'm not saying anything one way or the other. I'm not a Southern Baptist. I don't have to, do, you know, but I'm saying we don't always agree on these things. So I'm not saying this is an absolute thing, but I think that's where we need to go. We need to go to the scriptures to try to get as clear a printed word authority on this and pray about it because that's where this kind of authority comes from. And while we're talking about it, I'm going to throw this in. And this is from Ephesians chapter 5. It's just a couple of verses. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. And that's one of those scriptures that you start reading it and it somehow gets people's hackles up. I, you know, be that as it may, what is the purpose of this? And this is, a, you know, a letter in the New Testament to the church at Ephesus of husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Well, first of all, that means, in a sense, there's going to be a crucifixion, and the guy is the one who's going to be crucified. But, skip down a few verses to verse 32. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I just threw that in there because, you know, we're talking about authority. And, and I, I mean, the whole thing strikes me as rather even-handed. Now, we're not talking about church authority because that's, that's not the issue uh, I took on today. Well, we, what I was talking about is that in the lectionary, Psalm 23 was in there. And then there was, I remembered that thing in Ezekiel, and we're going to compare those. So, are there any 
comments or questions. No? Okay. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jim was asking what I thought of the Jesus Revolution. We want to go see it. Um, we will see it, but like most things, we'll probably see it late on TV. I don't know. It's not my plan. Uh, I, you know, I've heard nothing but praise for it. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because out of the the band love song, you know, that, that, that's in the movie, um, I got to know two of the band members, John Mailer, the drummer, and, and Fred Field, the guitarist, uh, one of the guitarists. And, um, you know, and, and to see them portrayed in a movie when I saw clips and stuff, I thought, that's just weird, you know what I mean? And, and, and neither one of them has commented on, like on Facebook. I'm, I'm not sure Fred does much on Facebook, but the, um, and all John Mailer does is print, is post scriptures on his, so they're, they're kind of laying low for right now, I don't know. <coughs> but, um, but I heard, uh, you know, the way they're doing it, I've, everybody I've talked to who's seen it has talked about how well done it is. And that's, that's encouraging. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard that. So... Yeah. <laughs> well, there are a lot of things going on right now that are having an effect on a lot of people spiritually. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, I remember, I'm, I wasn't there, but I do remember about 72 or 73, it was the summer of 72, I remember hearing about the Wesley, I mean, the um, Asbury revival, and um, and then, you know, and then we had the, the West Coast Jesus movement move into town, and there was a charismatic renewal, and there was the campus crusade thing. I mean, it was, that was all 
within the per period of a year. And, you know, and I thought, boy, I wish we had that again. And it looks like it may be coming. We'll see. Looks like it. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw, on, now all I, I know about that is, is Facebook. Well, I had one or two friends that went there. I mean, that went back up there to experience that. But, um, but I also have seen things where they were, it spread to other campuses. But I haven't heard much lately, so we'll see. But it's not a bad time to be alive. Um, do we have anything else on the agenda except for praying for people? Okay. Then that's what we're going to do. So let's, let's, let me, let me close us in prayer and then we'll, if you want, if you would like prayer, you can come over here to this other green carpet. Um, Lord, we ask that you continue the work that you are doing in this earth. We ask that you continue to pour your spirit forth and that you will really let um, a jaded world know that you are real and that you do the things that you say you do. And right now I ask, Lord, that you'll be with us, that you'll bless the prayers here and that you will just continue to abide with us in Jesus' name. Amen.